Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an indie record label. Today, we have a really, really cool episode with a brand new label that started in 20. 20. What a what a hard time to start a record label. And uh, we talk a lot about this. And today I'm talking with Ava from Oof Records. And this was one of my favorite interviews. It was so much fun. I think you're going to love it. I love the idea. And we talk about this in the episode, but I love the idea of how many new record labels are starting today, even in 2020, which has been a tough year for any business globally. and uh, But I love the idea of how many record labels have started. And I get these emails all the time from people who are starting new record labels. And it's so exciting. And we talked about this incredible idea that potentially, uh, you know, that today, right now, um, there is a label starting who in 10 years or five years could be one of these iconic labels that we all look up to. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. If you are in the position of dreaming about starting a record label or, or you are have already started a record label and you need a little bit of help, I put together this little um, checklist to help you go over some things that I think um, are important to make sure that you have an order um, before you start a record label or while you're starting a record label. You can get this checklist at otherrecordlabels.com slash checklist. Today's interview was so much fun with Oof Records. I love the name. I love the label. The music is so good. I hope you enjoy this interview. I actually, I'm using my laptop, which feels really strange. I'm just like, um, <laughs> I guess like standing over my lap. I'm sitting over my laptop, but using it like a phone is an odd thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should hold it up to your ear like a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that in public, really, is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I got to take a call. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's uh, funny. How are you doing? How's the summer for you? It's been okay. It's been um, a pretty strange one. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Definitely had a lot of plans that um, have obviously fallen through. Um, like tours and shows? or Yeah. So I had um, I had a tour with, um, like a small tour planned with my band. And then also we were planning on um, recording the next EP together and things uh. like that. Um I'd also started recording a solo project literally the month, like a couple weeks prior to all of this starting. Oh yeah. Um, and I was, I was recording in New York, so there's no way of like me going up there right now to complete it. Right. Where are Um, you right now? So I'm in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Okay. Um, so close enough that like I lie and say DC if people ask me sure. where I'm from. <laughs> um, but I will get lost in the city every right. now and then. So right. it's not quite my place. But I've I've been lost there. Hopefully before. one day. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it is actually there's a there's a like a tactic to it. So like um, I don't know how many other cities are like this, but with the street names, they're uh-huh. like in a system of they're numbered and then they're lettered and then there are states that go diagonally across that grid. Oh. Um, and those are also alphabetical, I believe. I might be wrong about that, though, but Well, yeah. uh, there's um there's a, a city in Canada, Calgary, that is has all numbered streets as well. And apparently, like if you're not from there, then it's it's insane. But if you are <laughs> like if you don't if you know the system and if you understand the logic, then apparently it is better. Um, but maybe somebody from Calgary or 
or DC can yeah. speak to that. Someone write to us and let us know. But yeah, yeah so I had a couple plans for those like personal things. Um, and New York was to... like the epicenter too. So you couldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> was definitely scared for a lot of my friends. Still am. Um, mm-hmm. I think that none of us really expected things to last this long. So oh, yeah, um, sure. a lot of our like unemployment is running out and also like. Some of us like never got it in the first place. Um, so there's a lot going on where like our country is kind of um, <laughs> messing up a yeah. bit in oh, terms yeah. of like how they've reacted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there is, we obviously we had plans for um, when we first put out the comp back in March, um, we were hoping to have a release show in New York and also in DC mm. with people from both of the compilations playing at them. Oh. Uh, well, I guess from the both of those cities playing um, at like their respective cities. So that fell through. Um, and then we, we ended up having our release show online and have had a lot of shows online. Okay. Since. And how was um, that? It's been a weird transition. Um, I'm someone who I book a lot of shows in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, I work at the space called Rhizome. Okay. It's this like, um, co- like cooperative, art space that it's a house but nobody actually lives there okay um it's there aren't a lot of places like it that i've seen where um essentially there's a board um but everyone who volunteers there um does so like because they love it and because they like want to be creating the space and they have like um their upstairs is dedicated to being a gallery um so they're constantly doing really really cool things and they'll have like a workshop on like how to write your own eulogy um and like there's just like really cool stuff happening and like um i'm really honored to be working with them um but so i was pretty involved with that and just like really getting into it right when everything happened but they've been really awesome with like um the way that they've kind of like taken this as like not a challenge that can't be um like overcome or mm-hmm. like that it's not really a barrier to community it's just a barrier to like congregating yeah in like oh, in a great. physical realm um that's so i don't know we've had we've had a lot of good luck with um kind of like like creating the semblance of community um despite not being able to throw those shows yeah. and despite us kind of having to push back a lot of things. Like we had a couple releases planned for the summer that um, in order to like pay respect to momentum building in the Black Lives Matter movement, we put a pause on them. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we've been talking a lot. And I think that that's been one of the cool things is having something like this happen where everyone is out of work and well, most everyone is out of work and we have time to be having the discussions like, what does my teeny tiny like platform like what can i do with that Mm -hmm. um and so we've been talking a lot within ourselves um me and david at oof but then also with friends at other labels of like how do we move forward through this and like be conscious about um how we build community and how it can be like as inclusive as possible and like recognizing that even though we are super tiny um, that they're like, we have effects on the people around us. For sure. Um, yeah. But so grateful for the the challenges that have come up so far. It's been weird to 
start a label? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask as we're talking and and just to kind of give like some context to our our listeners, you know, um, just from the time frame, like you and I right now, we're talking in the summer of 2020. So it's kind of like um, not necessarily post COVID, but definitely everyone's kind of gotten used to COVID and it's still a a major thing. But um, when did you start the label? Was it in 2020? It was. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Definitely a weird time. Yeah. What what like um, what month? Like obviously pre-COVID. So yeah, the yeah. idea came to us pre-COVID and a lot of the work um that went into actually putting together our first compilation um was kind Which of I love, the- by the way. I love Thank it. Thank you so much. So so curated. It's so good. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we're um we're really lucky to have um like such incredibly talented friends um who were willing to like collaborate with us like that. Um mm-hmm. But so the okay. idea kind of came about, um, I think, around November or December. Okay. Um, I had thrown this show in Brooklyn with some friends um, called The Friend Recital. Um, okay. <laughs> and essentially it was um, like some of my closest friends and then some of their friends played. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the biggest bills I've ever put together. There were like six different acts playing mm-hmm. and a DJ. Um and I like put a lot of effort into planning this with friends. Um, and we get there and sound check is going amazing. Uh, the sound guy there was like the most incredibly and like, I guess like accommodating, super nice. And he was just like, I'm so excited for the show. You guys are all amazing. And just, like, was like building us up. Where did but you then, find like, this person? <laughs> I, I honestly, truly all sound people should be just like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Agreed. But, um, shout out Stefan. If you're listening. <laughs> um, but so the show starts and my friend, Michelle Kim, um, who she was DJing. Um, she goes by DJ Mishka. She's also a writer at them and mm-hmm. used to be a writer at Pitchfork. Um, she's playing and her set started and this like immense fear took over me of like, what if nobody shows up because my friends are on stage <laughs> and I like, I invited acquaintances, you know, yeah, like it wasn't, sure. um, <laughs> It was one of those things where I was like, okay, I I don't know. I threw a, a Halloween party when I was in third grade and nobody came. Aww. And that fear <laughs> is like, it's still there of like, okay, what if I do something and nobody shows up? Oh, um, shoot. <laughs> and so <laughs> you go back to that mindset of like how horrifying that was. Um, your house is decorated in cobwebs. Um, oh, so don't talk. <laughs> don't talk about that. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so I'm watching Michelle set and then like, Partway through, I turn around and I see like, like a couple groups of people are coming in and I'm like, okay, cool. Like there's at least like eight people here. This is fine. I feel good about this. The goal goal of any DIY show is to have like more people in the audience than are on stage. That's always, that's always the goal. (laughs) That's the baseline. (laughs) Definitely the baseline. Although I will say some of my favorite shows are shows that I've played to like only the other people okay. in the band. Yeah, I've done those too. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. Um, but so I realized like at the end of her set, I turn around and the room is like basically full. Oh, wow. Um, and I see a couple people from like bands that I really like are there. Um, and it was just this moment of like, okay, so my friends are on stage, but their friends and then their friends' friends like looped each other in and that's who's here right now. Yeah. Um, and so David and I were talking about he um 
I, I guess I haven't even really talked about it. So um, David is one of my best friends. He lives in New York. Um, we became friends when I lived there. Um, and I was, I was working in music PR at the time. Um, I only lived there for like the shortest amount of time, sure. but I made some of my best friends. Um, his whole like wheelhouse is sound engineering and then also composition for film soundtracks okay. and like um, advertisement stuff um so he does a lot of work with like pretty high profile things of like cool. gucci and i don't know like netflix shows and yeah, things like that yeah. um but i'm kind of like more of the i've done a lot of music business stuff at least like at the entry level and like the diy level yeah um and that's so a, he was telling pairing. me yeah it was it was a pretty good one yeah. i think um but so he was talking to me about how he wanted to put out a tape which i had essentially I made him a run of five tapes like okay. a year ago okay. just so that he could give them out to friends. Um, and he wanted to actually make that album public and like put it out. And he was like, I'm just going to throw it up on Bandcamp. Um, nobody that I've sent it to like wants to work with me. Right. Um, and he makes this like really lovely experimental work that mm -hmm. is all like pretty much sample based and um, modular synth stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty niche. And like, I, I truly do love it. And I was like, I don't want you to just throw it up there and like not have anyone see it other than just your friends. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what if we do something kind of similar to the idea of that friend recital where um, we gather some of our friends and we essentially like create a platform that's a community based on our friends and our friends' friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then so at least when you do put it out, like maybe <laughs> maybe 30 more people, maybe yeah. a couple oh, hundred more people absolutely. see it. Absolutely. That, that's probably one of the best things about starting a label at at that level, so small. At, at the very least, you can share fans. Absolutely. Yeah, at the very least. Um, so that was basically the idea of it. And um, with the comp, it was, um, I think we could have, like, not to, like, dock how it did, because I think it did pretty well, um, but we announced it during a time where news cycles were covering a lot of other things okay. and people's minds were completely elsewhere, but we still were able to like get press coverage and get um, like notice from people, even if they were just saying, Hey, we're not going to cover this right now. Yeah. Right. Um, which like, that's even just, um, that's like a big deal. Sure. Um, is someone even responding and, to and you? So, sorry. <laughs> when was his uh, record released? Oh, it was released in April, I believe. So we did. Um, oh, of this year. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, okay. we did the compilation at the end of March. Okay, um, and, and that was your David, first like official release. Yeah, so definitely, um, we learned a lot, um, mainly just in terms of what to not spend money on. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I think that that's that's a good lesson. That, that's a great lesson. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we're lucky though to um, to have like made the decision to only do a smaller run, um, just because no shows are happening. And that's mm -hmm. like, I know for me, most of the time when I'm buying tapes, it is to remember a night of like, I loved seeing this band play. I'm mm -hmm. going to try to support them. Um, and it's also like, I love being able to buy it from the source. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. be able to tell that person, Hey, um, either like your set or this song really means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. um, and like getting to have that face-to-face -face time when you buy it to me is so important. It's the um, ultimate compliment for them too. Exactly. Cause it's like, you get to see the person who's getting your work as well. Yes. Um, 
like, at least for me, like I know I enjoy so much more being able to like hand someone a tape that I made or like that was made for me mm-hmm. rather than just like, I don't know, seeing an icon on Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. But so none of that exists now. Um, and so it's been, I guess, just like a really tough battle of like, how do we keep moving forward? Um, but yeah, we have a bunch of releases planned. Um, we're actually, um, I guess I keep talking and not letting you ask. No, questions. that's okay. No, I'll, I will. As long as you're okay with me interrupting you, then no, you're, you're great. Please interrupt you're me. Great. I have, um, uh, I have a lot of questions. I, I'm curious because I mean, I, I want to go back to like the, the big picture of, of, of starting a label and, and then getting hit with COVID. But I, like, what about the releases that you have, like High Noon? Um, and I think there's an, another record coming out soon. But, like, so how did everything that you have in your catalog trickle out? Was that all during this time, like this winter and spring? Yeah. So, okay. basically, everything has just been um, based around that, like, first compilation. We weren't really sure what would come next. Okay. Um, I, obviously, it was compilation and then David. That's, like all we had in line. Yeah. Um, and then from there, our friends who either were on the compilation or saw the compilation, um, we got to start opening up conversations about like, Hey, you're like making stuff. Um, like those demos that you are like putting together, do you want a place for them rather than just putting them up? Yeah. Um, and so we reached out to a couple of our friends. Um, and so some of the things that we have lined up are friends of ours. Some of them are like internet friends, who like I've never even met. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's honestly, um, I have um, I would say like a lot of music community that I feel, other than just like in DC and like at shows, has been built via internet stuff. So like, either it's been reaching out to someone to be like, hey, this means a lot to me, or someone reaching out to me. So like High Noon was, um, I don't remember who followed each other first. Um, but Kennedy from high noon one time responded to one of my stories from me performing at a show and was like, Oh my God, you sound amazing. (laughs) And like, we just started talking and like, we built this like very organic friendship, like through our Instagram DMS. And like, that's happened a lot of just like, just taking that step of, I mean, obviously it doesn't work for like, if I were to reach out to someone who's like, I don't know, like say I reach out to Sherman and I doubt we'll become friends. Um, but like people who are at that same level of like doing the basement circuit and yeah. like playing smaller shows, just like hearing out from someone um, to like let them know or them letting you know that they like love your work mm-hmm. um, is like such a great way of building community. Um, I've ended up like collaborating with so many of the people that um, are like internet people to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. And it's, it's been a really cool thing to get to experience that. Like, I don't know. The Z Tapes community is definitely, or I guess the Tapes um, yeah. community is yeah, one of the tapes. biggest ways <laughs> that like I've like essentially gotten started with getting connected with people. Okay. Um, like I, um, I submitted a song to be on one of their. Um, it, I think it was the spring 2019. Okay. Compilation, um, and from that, I had a couple people reach out to me of like, hey. Like, I really liked your stuff. Like, do you want to make something together? Or just, oh, like, even wow. just talking. That's um, awesome. And so there's things where, like, I've made a lot of friends through just, like, putting myself out there or them putting themselves yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so high noon, um, which is a fantastic record. Like it's oh, I'm so, so, glad so good. So. And so it was a self-released. Is that correct? Yeah. So they self-released it last year. Okay. Um, but they, they only ever made like a couple handmade tapes that they handed out to people. Okay. Um, and so I was in talks with Kennedy about their next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of talking about like, Hey, like, are you making any demos during quarantine? What if yeah. we just put out like a, a digital demo, yeah. um, like EP. Um, and we were talking a lot about that, but because they've been displaced from their band, like they're all in different places right now. Oh. Um, it's not really been like feasible for them to like really record anything new. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I, I saw something on Twitter one day of, um, Kennedy was like, Oh, maybe we'll make tapes for that again someday. Oh. And I responded and I was like, let me do it. Yeah, that's that's um, a great idea. I think that's a great thing for labels to, I mean, obviously like releasing an album all at once digitally for the first time and on tape or vinyl for the first time is a great experience. But I also think like reissuing something that you feel was like criminally underrated or completely missed by the, you know, so to kind of help give it a second voice, like, is, oh, that, absolutely. is that kind of what's happening with the, the cassette? Yeah, I mean, I think that especially when it's an artist's first thing that they're putting out. Um, Like that was literally High Noon's first ever release. It was the first time that Kennedy had like formed a band and written songs like that. Um, And so when it was put out, they obviously hadn't built um, something around themselves just yet. Um, And so since then they've like, they've started playing a lot of shows. They opened up for like Horse Jumper of Love. Like they've been doing a lot more Mm. within that circuit. Um, but I think now, like, with that fan base of, like, okay, so they've built something for themselves. Um, how do we get those people to be, like, reinvigorated about the thing that already exists? Mm. Um, especially in a time when nothing new can be made. Right, yeah. Um, I think, like, I mean, I was on your website. It wasn't until, like, two minutes ago that I realized it, it was released last summer. But, like, I don't think people will notice or care. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's That's a... Been, yeah. Um, an interesting part of it too is um, when I've sent it out to people. So um, one of the things that um, I've been like, I need to figure out (laughs) how to do this better of like, how do I get myself paid for the amount of work that I'm putting in? Um, But it doesn't feel like it right now because it's like, I'm doing this for friends. So I would do this anyways. Sure. Um, But I'm essentially like, in addition to David and I doing like label stuff of like getting them ready and like project managing them. Um, and a lot of these artists like don't have a manager. So like, we are also on top of like scheduling their time and like, oh wow. um, all of that stuff. We're also doing, um, I'm doing all of their press. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like writing their bios. I'm writing their press releases. That's amazing. Um, I'm pitching things for them. Um, and so something that's happened is like, I'll pitch something out and, I don't think people have realized, even though it's written there, that it's an old release. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's kind of this loophole, right? Of like, it's it's an old release, but it's a new tape. Yeah. Um, and so that's been 
I don't even think, like, I think some even big labels kind of, like, they do it. They kind of skirt around the issue. And I, I, I feel like, it, I don't think it's being um, dishonest to just leave it out. Like, just t let's say it's new. <laughs> like, because the, the thing is, is that the industry and people are so fickle about things that are new and novel. And it really has to be, they want to be first on scene and, um, so I feel yeah. like I just want to give them the give the people what they want, and if <laughs> if there are internet sleuthers yeah. out there who are like, "Hey, I found this in August," you know, then let that happen. But let's, I mean, it let's call it a brand time. new record. <laughs> um, I think what happens more often is like either the um, like the word debut is used pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah. Um, even when it's not actually an artist's debut. Oh yeah, sure. Um, which I think is. Hilarious. I don't know if I ended up using it. I, I, I threw it around. I was like, maybe I should say this. Like, it is the debut tape. And then I was like, no, like, don't do the thing that you, that you have hate. Criticized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you it's, see it in a, it's, it's in the same article. way with um, the Grammys for best new artist. It's like, oh my God. That artist has been around for like 10 <laughs> years doing DIY tapes and stuff. And this is like their second record and they get best new artist. Yeah. Truly. It's weird. Um, but so it's, I, I think that's something that I, I'm hoping to like continue is like, we want to do back catalog things for artists that we end up doing something yeah. new with. Yeah. Um, so with Carmen Canedo's album, which um, it's coming out next month in August, which whenever this goes up, it's already out. Okay. Um, yeah. But so. Which also sounds great. Has a, a very great mix. Like just. Oh yeah. Very no, she, beautiful sound. She worked with a really incredible engineer, Todd okay. Tidwell. Okay. Um. And he also did her first record. Um, and they're they're a really good team together. Mm. And it's just like, it's really wonderful to see how she's grown since that first record. But that first record was um, self-released. Um, she was put onto like a couple compilations yeah. by other labels. Like there was, I think she was on a sports day compilation. Oh, cool. Um, she did some sort of um, like South by Run um, that was put together by... Um, uh, Manny at Citrus City, like she's yeah. like done kind of that circuit, um, and she's like played shows with like skirts and things, you know. So there's cool. like she has that connection, but the the CD didn't like blow up okay. in a way that like it could have. Um, and I like I personally I used to listen to it before I was like friends with her, <laughs> um, which I think is one of the cool things um, about it is that like I was a fan before we came, we became friends, um, and. So I like we've talked about wanting to put that on tape again um, and kind of just like bring it to people's attention once more yeah. just as like a hey so you may not have actually paid attention to this yeah. last time. Um, and like there's no harm if no one wants to cover it they don't cover it but like we're at least going to to our like couple hundred of followers or however many we have sure. by that time. Yeah. Let them know about it and, and it's like And we're ta are we talking about this know it all or something previous? Um, something previous oh, called okay. Wheels Are Turning. Yeah, oh, okay. so Know It All is completely new. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. so that one she's been working on um, in, for the past two years, essentially. Um, I mean, I just I just want to say one more point to this subject, in, and, and this is more related to High Noon, but when, when you're talking about with these artists about reissuing something that they've already done and giving it to your audience, well, like us having this conversation about it right now is a case in point that it works because... For me, I had never heard of High Noon um, or, or even this Carmen record um, before 
looking into your label and I know you from, from another label and I, and I know your music. And so because of you and, and, and your reputation, I've checked out high noon and listened to it. So it actually works like (laughs) taking something and, and repurposing it to a new audience. Like it worked and now everyone listening to this. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the important part there though is, um, I think that a lot of years go into like building your, like, I guess get like gaining a footing Mm -hmm. within this world of like music stuff. Um, like building friends doesn't happen overnight. Building community doesn't happen overnight. Um, and so I think that that's one of the scariest things of like last year when I was just like, even though I had been involved in music stuff, like I put out my first tape last year for the first time, it like didn't do anything. And like, until I was like playing shows consistently and like actually putting in that work of like, okay, I have to actually make friends and I have to do things that are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when things actually happen. Cause I think there's like this common misconception of like, okay, if I get this onto a label, it'll make a difference. Or if yeah. I, um, I don't know, like there, like there's just so much about like, okay, once I finally make this and put it up, it's done and everyone's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's, uh, <laughs> there's quite a lot of like, um, Oh, you're, like you're so right. Effortful yeah. It, socializing, and, I guess. And it's just a natural, you have to develop a trust with your listeners. And it's like just this like really organic growth. Nothing good in life like comes super, super quick. Like everything grows like a, a tree in your garden. And I, I think like when, are you talking about the Penn Palindrome record? I was, but I mainly just, I meant like, in terms of just expecting growth right away. So when you talk about garden stuff, I actually, I just started my first garden ever. Um, During COVID? And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, of course. Very of course. Yeah. My, my dad is making bread. I have a garden. Okay. We're, do, we're checking all the boxes. Um, but I was extremely impatient and I was getting really frustrated the first couple of weeks. Cause I was like, nothing's happening. Did I do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would like go and look out the window or go stand with them every single day. Just being like, Hey guys, like, what's up? Are you okay? Um, But once I'm finally like seeing what happens after the waiting period, like that is what matters. And Mm. even if it didn't work out, I think I would have been happy still. Like my kale sucks right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like in comparison to my squash, my kale is terrible. Um, But I'm still like happy about learning that of like, okay, so I think that this is what I did wrong. And these are the things that I can do better. Um, and so I guess it's just, it's really cool to be starting something and like have people who, um, are on board with just like testing it out and seeing how it goes. Yeah. Um, we're like super open with anyone. Cause we've also, I guess I haven't even talked about this, but we've received submissions from people that we don't know. Wow. Um, which is kind of the wildest thing that I like yeah. never even really expected to yeah. happen. Um, cause it's like, okay, yeah, like we, without trying to sound inc- like ex- exclusive with anything, we like, I guess our bio was, um, uh, something along the lines of like a label for friends by friends. Cause like, uh-huh. that's kind of what it was. It was like, I want to release my friend's music. Like I want to have something that's cute and quaint and yeah. like, I can work with my friends. Um, but that idea of friends has kind of done the thing where it's like, it's grown, um, like past what, um, it started as, which I guess is the whole thing is, um, building community and like building orbits, which is 
what it well, stands for. It can still be about releasing your friend's music. It's just there. there's probably friends who you haven't met yet, <laughs> like people who haven't oh, become yeah. friends. No, that's a really sweet way of looking right. at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting. I think that coming from a place where um, I have a background in doing music PR and also working at my college radio station um, and working at a couple different labels, um, being in that world of like people actually care what you're doing and like it's such a big deal, um, comparing that to like doing something on your own that's like extremely tiny, um, I don't know, it's it can be disheartening mm-hmm. um, at times because it's like, okay, yeah, the the publications that I used to get responses from, well, like, I know that they're not going to be responding about this tiny thing. Right. Um, and I know that I don't have that, like, pull that um, you do when you're tied to a bigger company. Sure. Um, so you can feel like, okay, well, what's the point if the only thing that um, actually makes it through and cuts through that noise are um, these artists with, like, huge teams and thousands of yeah, dollars going yeah. into paying for their PR and their marketing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's realizing that, that it still matters despite, like, if you're getting your artist on, like, I don't know, NPR's, like, podcast for that week. You know, like, sure. there's... Um, sure. It's realizing that, like, just having someone donate to your show that you hosted on the internet mm-hmm. um, and having that person return every time um, is like, it's almost more satisfying because yes. um, it's like, this is a person who I can get to know. Um, I feel like the rewards of getting big press and small press and dedicated fans, even if they're your relatives, I feel like the the, <laughs> the reward it's not always like direct sales. You might get on NPR and, and it may not mean that somebody clicks through to your band camp and pre-orders the vinyl, but at the very least it's encouraging. That's what I always take away from it. It encourages the artist. There might be an artist. I can just say, listen, this guy in Sweden is putting you on, a, on their playlist. And oh. that is like super encouraging for an artist, even though it may not mean any money at all. I, I feel like encouragement, um, you know, is the bare minimum that a lot of us get from some of that coverage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would say that I think even just, like, a personal playlist, that, like, someone who's not, like, a playlist means something. Because it's like, this person chose this out of everything. Yeah, that's pretty intimate. Yeah, personal playlist. (laughs) I know what you mean. Let me ask you about your music, because that's how I I came to know you through um, the release you did on Painted Blonde last year, which kind of going back to that conversation we were having of like that slow growth, like, you know, I didn't know who you were at all when I saw that record come out. I wasn't really motivated to listen to it. And (laughs) and then I got um, a, a link from Jason and I listened to it and I loved it. And it's like, it's that one record and... And now, like, I follow you on Spotify, so, like, the next time that, you know, that act puts out another record, like, two years from now, I'll be like, oh, awesome, like, I remember those guys, and I'll check it out again. So, to me, it's, like, it's just more natural that, of course, on release day, you're expecting things to explode, but, you know, from my perspective, when it comes to Pen Palindrome, it's, like, I know who that band is, and I really like that band. And now I'm looking forward to their next release, if that ever happens. <laughs> no, it will. Um, we already we're in talks with um, a friend's small label for the next release. Oh, cool! Um, 
So it, I think it, it'll be on a, a local DC label, which so will be that, really cool. Was that the um, project you were talking about in the stu- starting in the studio? No. So that okay. one actually, I, I'm a little embarrassed about that tape. Uh, uh, okay. I, not, not actually embarrassed, but I, when I put it up, it was kind of just like an exercise of putting up some demos and yeah. just being like, this exists. I like, I kind of want to do this. Oh yeah. Um, but it was ne- like, I never really intended on it being like a quote unquote album. Okay. Um, but it was kind of the same thing of like through Z tape stuff. Um, Jason reached out to me being like, Hey, I really like this stuff. Like, would you want to do something? Sure. Um, and we, we like talked about it for a while and I was like, I don't have anything new. Yeah. Um, but like I did sell out of the tapes that I made in my bedroom. Like, would you maybe want to do that one again? Cause like, I am going to be playing a lot of shows. Like I can, yeah. we can sell them together. Um, and Jason was really lovely for like, I guess like setting a model for, um, someone being willing to work on something that's already out. Wow. Um, Cause it's like, we didn't really put a lot of effort into actually pushing it to press. Like, I think he just emailed it to like Counterzine and like, I don't even know who else. Right. I think also start track. So like two okay. things. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel weird using my own PR knowledge for myself. So I've never really done that. <laughs> so you're not, okay. Uh, That's fair. It, it feels, I, I, I think that, um, I've kind of always just wanted things to grow organically without me having to like. I guess like doctor all of it yeah. and like, yeah, you know, like it, I, I just want to know that like whatever happens is because like people like it and like they came to something or like met me through someone else. Um, not just cause they like, I don't know, saw it on a playlist right, or like saw right, it on right. some sort of blog. What, I, the record, I, 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 had, <laughs> I had no idea that it was like kind of a demo forms. I, I never really, to me, like all music is music and however, oh. like the quality is so, I, I thought it was great, and it sold out. Yeah, so that was that was a really cool thing. Of, um, I think Jason just kind of like really set a standard for what labels could be. Mm. Um, we um, we have like a really even split about everything, and then I also get everything from Digitals. And it was kind of just like he just wanted to make the tapes with me. Nice. Um, and that's kind of the model that um, Over to Friends has taken okay. of. Um, this might shift going on if like I continue doing um, so many services, right. um, but we essentially have like a 50, 50 split for tapes. And then we haven't been taking anything okay. um, from digital things. Um, but we are, um, we have been, I guess since the past like month or two um, with like rising um, unrest um, <laughs> regarding like, racism and police brutality and Mm -hmm. everything that's like all of the systems that things are based in, including the music industry. Um, We've had talks with our artists being like, Hey, can we donate like just 10% of the tape or a certain amount of digital to an organization that you choose? Yeah. Um, And kind of like starting that conversation of like, yeah, we're super small. um, But we weren't going to be making that much money anyway. So we might as well, give away some of it. Mm. Um, and just kind of like, I'm excited to be building that model, um, going forward. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, we have like nine releases planned out for the next year. Um, and if we can have even just like a tiny bit from each of those go to something. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, 
like there are so many labels that are kind of thinking about doing that now. And there's been those band camp days, which have raised quite a lot. So yeah, I think, no, they're, they're I think like a, a thousand small labels contributing five to 10% of their earnings will really add up. Yeah. There's also, there's a really cool thing on DistroKid. I don't know if like CD Baby or any of the other um, distributors are doing this, but you're able to go into DistroKid and set um, your sales to be split. Um, oh, so cool. your streaming revenue can have a certain percentage go to like, say the NAACP. Right. Um, and you just enter in that information there and it, it does it without you having to do anything. That's really cool. Um, that's really so that's cool. something that I've been, I've been urging everyone I know. <laughs> um, even if you're like a tiny artist, like, why not? Why yeah. not set it to like 10 to 20%? Um, like that's, that's pennies for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if everyone does that, it's it's way more than that. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, you know, it's funny. One of the questions I had on my list here was a, about the name of the label, and it, it just dawned on me because you said it, the Orbit <laughs> of Friends. I, I didn't realize that it's a, what do you call that, an acronym? Or, yeah. An, or whatever. Oof, that's so cool. How'd you Thank come up with you. that? That's genius. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um it, it was just one of those things that like it came out when I was um, we were talking about like when David and I were on that FaceTime talking about the show and how we could use that same model. I was like, yeah, it'd be like an orbit of friends. And I was like, oof. No and I was like, way. Wait, that's, a, that's beautiful. The like, that's, logo is so good. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's and good. it's one of those things where I've now seen it like um, every time it's said in like a TV show or like a comment or someone in a meme, I'm like, that's like a moment where like, it'll be triggered for people who do know us. Um, like, it's just like constant reminder that we exist as like seeing that word. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. I didn't even like, until I started seeing it and how like frequently that word is used, um, in <laughs> yeah. pop culture, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. We did do a good job. Um, uh Oh man, yeah, I it's am. probably one of the better names I've ever heard. I mean, I didn't even know that. I would have said that before it had a great meaning behind <laughs> it, but it's just so short. And I, I feel like that's the label I hope is around in like 30 years from now. Like you're doing your 30 year compilation you. for OOF. Like oh it's gosh. very cool. Very, very cool. Have Thank we, you. I mean, I hope so. I hope that even in a small way, we can, we can exist for a while. Um, that's like the main goal. It's just like, do what we can with it until it's no longer bringing joy to us. And then we can set it aside or maybe pass it on. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, like, I don't know, we're building something really cool. Um, and it's something that I've, I've always wanted to do. Um, a lot of the work that I've done involves kind of just being in, um, I like, I, I don't want to say this and sound mean, but, um, a lot of PR work, especially when you're like at that low level where like you're a junior or you're an intern, yeah. um, you kind of feel like you're just like a mailroom attendant and uh. you're just <laughs> taking things and moving them into other boxes. Right. Um, and there's no real input on like the creative process. Um, and I think doing that work, I like, it was it was, like not a good fit for me. Um, just like environmentally was not... Um, was not positive for me. Okay. Um, but like it at least gave me the knowledge that like, okay, yeah, I really love music and I like would love to once again, have a full-time job that involves music. Mm -hmm. Um, but something that feels a little bit more involved and maybe that just would have been like a higher level of that. Um, but to me at least, um, 
I just I just interned at Car Park. Okay, um, awesome. And so I got to like spend a lot of time with the people there, and like I ended up packing a lot of packages. Okay. Um, but I also like we talked a lot about. Um, like their tactics and like I got to be involved with conversations about like, hey, what do you think about the track listing here? Yeah. And like things like that where um like creating images and um selecting sections of videos to be used as like um the Spotify like canvas where it's like the video behind a song. All like right. getting to yeah. be more creative minded um was so rewarding. Um just because like I have spent quite a few like years in a more um like backseat role of just like hey can you send this to this person right um so when you talk about the you know the label is um there's there's so many responsibilities and your background is is pr that's one of the, the kind of the expertise you bring to the label um but there is so much um uh so many different responsibilities that you have to do. Like, is there, is there some parts of the job that you don't love doing or that you struggle with more than others? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, uh, I don't like having to think about budgeting and I don't like having to think about like making sales reports and things yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. I know. What you um, <laughs> so David's kind of, um, been a rock star with like handling all of that. That's great. Um, and I've, um, I don't know, we're, we're looking into things that are beyond what we were even imagining. We're like, um, Carmen just asked if we knew anything about sync licensing. Um, and so we're like looking into that and looking into how we can, um, like essentially grow what our services are without like, I don't know, I think maybe we'll come to a decision that like, yeah, maybe we, we don't figure out how to do that and that's fine. Um, but maybe it's also something where it's like, okay, well, maybe this is where we invest because we are doing in-house press and we are planning out everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. And like, we've been making all the tapes. Um, so the comp tape we had printed and, um, like dubbed and printed, and then we just made the J cards. Yeah. Um, but everything since then, we've just bought blank tapes and have been stamping, um, and dubbing everything like in my bedroom and David's been making the J cards and sending them to me. Um, which I think is, it's been a really cool thing. It was a response to, wanting to spend less money and also the duplication plant in Canada was backed up severely because oh, okay. of coronavirus. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. So we were like, how do we still make stuff in time for it to be ready? Yeah. Um, if like, that's not an option. And we were like, okay, I mean, I guess on high speed, if I'm like looking over my tape deck, cause I only have one tape deck um, that can record um, in that way. But yeah. so it's just like a constant flow of, we're meeting all the time. We're doing things all the time. Um, but we're now talking about like, okay, so if we want to continue making things, maybe we have to like bring someone on sure, um, to like help us things or like help us with things or hire a service. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so. I was Cause I was going to ask like, is this sustainable? I mean, you, you've got to be running up on this like uh, adrenaline from starting a label and it's it's still early, but like you're talking about doing all these things and 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 not taking a huge cut from bands. So like, is this sustainable to to be doing everything? I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing. Is um, the only reason why it's possible right now in this way is because I'm not working. Okay, um, right. 
And like, I'm essentially, I treat this as a job. Um, right. Like I'll wake up and I'll have That's meetings cool. and I'll like, it's been cool in that way. Um, but there's also the realization that like, okay, this will end. Um, yeah, that's like right. I have been, um, I've been interviewing for another full-time job and I'm like, okay, I, I do I even want to get this? Like I, yeah, <laughs> it'll take away time <laughs> from my passion. Yeah. Right. Um, but also realizing that like, I do need something that like helps me pay for things. Um, whereas yeah. like this, I don't know, I, I've talked with a lot of friends. I'm lucky to have friends who like own their small labels, um, of like varying sizes Mm -hmm. and so many of them. (laughs) Um, and this is, I think they mean well. Um, but so many of them have been like, don't get your hopes up. Like (laughs) don't get too excited. And I'm like, wait, but who says that essentially to like a child, you know, like that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you. That's wrong. I think you should get your hopes up. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I listen. <laughs> I um, I've been thinking about this recently because somebody I literally have been thinking about this. It was yesterday <laughs> because when I my cousin was in, I got signed to a label when I was like 15 years old, and he was he's like 10 years older than me. So and he got signed. He moved to Nashville, and I remember asking him like are all the bands that I know, like, are they like millionaires? Do they live in mansions? And he just laughed like, cause they're all like, <laughs> you know, living out of vans and whatever. And he, and he said to me at the time, he said, there's no money in the arts. And I was like, Oh, okay. And that just stuck with me. And I've always remembered that. And then today I was like, I'm like, why has that always stuck with me? Like that's actually been echoing in my head and it's been like keeping me down. And like, I started a label assuming like your friends say, like, don't get your hopes up. Like the best you're going to do is make $5 a week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, anyway, I'm, this is a total tangent. No, no, but... no. I appreciate I mean, part of this is to also get to know you. So thank you for. Okay. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Me. Yeah. Well, like, please, please talk. It's it to me. It's just like. That's maybe true, but like it's it's a hundred percent true if that's like the mentality you have going into it. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not speaking to you, I'm speaking to me right now. I'm speaking to all of us. Like I feel like as an artist, if yeah. you're like this is a weird experimental record, so it's not going to do well commercially. I was like, well, of course it's not. If you say it's not, like if you plan, ah, oh, sorry. I, I was, I was reading no, something no, no. yesterday totally fine. and I it think... just got me on this thing. It's like, anyway, so get your hopes up. Thank you. I mean, I think that's the whole thing is though, is, um, I think just like knowing what's a reasonable thing to expect and also just like learning to adjust your expectations um, is I think the most important, like, Mm -hmm. I guess so many kids grow up wanting to like be the next like rock star or like whatever. Like I, at least for me, it was like, I want to be Avril Lavigne when I grow up, you know? (laughs) Um, And like, that was just like, that was a big deal for me is like, I like, I want to make things that feel real, but like have them like, like I want to be able to live off of it. Yeah. Um, and just like I, I like growing up and like no longer being like a nine year old, um, <laughs> I realized that like okay yeah, but what brings me the most joy? Like, is it just having art part of my life? Like, is music just like? Do I need it to be a job for me to be happy? Okay, that's um, a good point. Yeah, and I think that if you're gonna go into it with this expectation of like, if I don't succeed, quote unquote succeed, and like make it my job, then like, it's not worth it. Um, I think that that can be like an already debilitating, um, like mindset yeah. of 
like you are disarming yourself from like being able to build off of anything. Mm -hmm. But if you go in and you're like, I'm going to try my best. And like, I don't know, like I, I'd be lying if I was like, I don't hope for things for oof. And I don't hope for things for my own projects. Um, because I do. And I like, I look up to certain people and like, I think that that's important. Um, but I think it's knowing that that doesn't always happen. And also it takes a lot of work for it to get there. Sure. Um, so you shouldn't just give up immediately. Um, oh, it's yeah. like the most important part of it. Um, cause I could, I could easily go in and just like, um, I don't know, like I, I talked about this before of, um, so I worked with, um, a lot of artists that like are big deals within like the indie rock world. Um, and being able to go from like, literally every single um, like email that is sent out is responded to immediately with like people being like, yep, we're going to cover this on this <laughs> thing. And like, can we interview this person? Like yeah, going from having a press day for an artist be like completely packed to like maybe once every week or once every couple of weeks, I'll be like, Hey, can you send like, I don't know, like a two minute voice memo to this one tiny blog, you know, like it's, yeah. um, if I were to go into this expecting everything that I'd already experienced through my like tiny involvement with larger artists and campaigns, um, I would feel really sad and I'd be like, okay, well, why isn't, um, Carmen Canedo as big as soccer mommies? Like, why isn't that happening? Um, but it's, uh, it's getting to work with people who like also aren't expecting that. I think that if someone comes in, they're like hoping that you can somehow turn them into something huge. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're both just going to be set up for failure. Um, but I don't know. I, um, I, I, I guess I'm just really, really happy to be working with people who like what they want more than anything is just a place to feel like there is a community around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's less about how do I blow up? Um, how do I get onto <laughs> the, I guess, undercurrents Spotify playlist, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. And it's, I don't know. There's also just such a lack of understanding of how that stuff works. Um, totally. Like, I know people who have gotten onto those playlists and even they're like, yeah, it's just, it seems like it's luck. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And so we're all kind of in this place of even me having experienced like working in music stuff, um, that doesn't compute with how things are changing. Mm. Um, like, I mean, maybe now since I've been out of it, they're a little bit more up to date with like who to contact for playlisting and things like, I'm sure that they are. Um, but when I was involved, it was mainly just, um, print and online media. Okay. Um, and so I don't know, it's what, like what encourages you? What, what helps you keep on, especially whenever you hit like this, a pandemic roadblock the the month that you started the label. I mean, that'll be, I hope one day I can, um, like tell my kids or like tell someone else's kids. Um, but like during all of this, I started something and like, yeah, that's right. Completely flop. Yeah, that's right. Um, Like starting in the great depression, starting a business in the great depression. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, I don't know. I guess what keeps me from getting upset is just um, what I'm experiencing, like the joy of putting on a silly Instagram show. And like, uh, I don't know if you know this label, but we put on a show with a UK label, Devil Town Tapes. Okay. Yeah, Um, I know them. 
So we put that on together and there was like the front facing what everyone's seeing on Instagram. But then we also were all on Zoom while the show was happening. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was almost like we were at a show together and it like, it reminded me like people were dancing and yeah. like, we were all looking at each other and laughing and like people would like raise their beers up. Yeah. Um, it's remembering that all of that still exists um, outside of what's happening right now. Sure. And it's, um, that's because that's what sustains me. Like it's not as much as I love planning out the releases and I love making these tapes. What I love more than anything is getting to experience someone's music in real life. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and getting to watch them be vulnerable and like, you're also vulnerable with them and like you are, you're never going to have that experience again. Um, yes. in that exact same way. Yes. Um, and so I know a lot of people are like, oh, shows are overrated, whatever. Like, <laughs> I've, I've heard you in I, I, I've previous said that. <laughs> episodes that you don't like going to them. Yeah, yeah. That's because I'm old and grumpy, but I agree. I still, I, I, I respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so I guess it's just, um, it's knowing that like we're feeding into that realm, even just in the smallest of ways. Um I don't know. I yeah. Well, and there's I, hope in that. And I think too, you know, me from an outsider looking at your perspective and and other labels who are kind of keeping on during this time. I, I hope that there is like an enormous amount of resilience and perseverance that you've developed. That you know, when shows come back, and and unfortunately, I think shows will be one of the, the last things. But oh, when shows come back, like hopefully you come back even stronger and and thinking. We over we overcame this terrible year. Um, hopefully that you know that actually helps propel things. I mean, yeah, I I also like I'm grateful for it in that not only like are we overcoming like the pandemic essentially in a strange way. I don't I don't know if that's the right phrasing for yeah. me to use um, because it is it's so tragic and people are yeah. like losing lives constantly. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, like, and I don't take it lightly at all. Um, but the reality of what I'm experiencing currently is that like, I'm really bored. Mm. Um, and I am stuck at home and I'm not, um, I'm not really doing the things that make me happy. Mm. Um, and like, even the things that do make me happy are difficult. Um, like I haven't been working on my own music because I just like, I'm not in the right mindset right yeah, now and I, I can't yeah. get there. I hear you. Um, and I've been feeling pretty down about it, but like starting a label and having something that like, it feels like I'm building um, has kind of given me, like, I guess you said it earlier, that adrenaline. Mm. Um, like I'm building this excitement within myself that like is carrying me through all of this. That's awesome. Um, and I know it's doing the same for David. Um, and like, it's also, we're, we're friends who are long distance. So like us having to talk all the time um, is truly just one of the best things <laughs> about awesome. it. Cause it's like yeah. people lose touch all the time. Yeah. Um, but we like have to meet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He'll get like a phone call from me at like 10 AM being like, Hey, can you do this right now? And he's like, I'm making an egg. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll do it myself. Um, or he'll like, he'll be like, no, 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 I got it. Um, so like, it's just like, I'll catch him at weird times and like, he'll catch me at weird times, but like we are feeling closeness, um, through this need. Um, and like, I don't know, Carmen was attending AU, but is now in Kentucky uh, mm. because she's not returning for the fall because they're not going to be having right. actual yeah. classes. And yeah. so like this friend that I was hanging out with, I won't get to, but like 
I get to hang out with her because we're planning this thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess also just like building friendships has been cool. So we're, um, we're about to put out an album, well, an EP from a Canadian artist who I've never met in real life. Okay. Um, but we've been internet friends for a while. His name is Harley Alexander. He also used to be on sports, sports day. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I would highly recommend listening to this stuff. I will. Um, and like, that's something where like, we've become friends because we've been talking more yes. about this. Like we were, we were like mutuals and like, we would respond to each other every now and then, but I, I would now say that we're friends. Hopefully he yeah. agrees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the whole point of this is just clearly I'm alone and need friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely it, kidding. I love, it is a great, I love my friends. It's a great way to make friends is starting a label. <laughs> Do you feel like you've made any through what you've done? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I back in the early days, um, I had like two friends. Well, I would say like maybe like, like no, sorry. <laughs> that's a weird se- sentence to start. No, the label, the musicians, like there was two friends I was working with. And from that relationship, I met somebody else. And then from that relationship, they're like, oh, I have to introduce you to this musician. And so, and now looking back 10 years later, like probably that my top like 50 close friends all came from these first two musicians, like Aww. this huge circle came out of it. And then even something like less like um, organic than that, but like I, there's an artist on our label who's on a different label now who I've known for probably 15 years just through email. Cause we, I emailed him to do some session musician work on something. We stayed in touch. And then like 10 years later, we released a couple of his EPs. And so like, wow. yeah, like, and I've, I've never met this person in real life. I would love to, <laughs> um, but uh, it's crazy. No, that's, that's like the best part of it is the human connection side. Yes. Um, which I think is, is so lost when you get to, um, and I don't think it's intentional, but I think it's lost when you get to like the big leagues of things. Right. Um, right. Where like, I remember getting emails and like constantly having to gather information about like how many plays something has, how many followers people have. Mm. And like, it just becomes a numbers game at that sure. point. And it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I worked a lot of campaigns where like, I didn't even fully connect to the music and it wasn't my choice. Yeah. Um, so like knowing that there are people who like, they they do want you to care and like I don't know we've been talking with another artist who I we haven't announced yet so I won't name them but sure. um, they were like getting looked at by some like um, ARs for like bigger labels but they were like but you guys seem like you actually care and like that you will be able to like put in time to just like talk to us and get to know mm, us and like that feels sure. like more of what we want yes um, yeah. and like I don't know I there's so much value in that and. What sucks is that the value in that isn't mirrored monetarily and people aren't yeah. able to always get what they deserve for creating things that they do. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like it is kind of in a way um, like anti-capitalistic and like really radical to be doing tiny label stuff. Huh. Um, yeah, interesting. Because it, it comes from a place of like, okay, yeah, we are doing this for community and um, to share space and lift each other up. Sure. And it's not about like, okay, like how do I make millions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I think it's, it's one of the, um, like, I hope that everyone would feel comfortable and confident making a label. Um, it's something that I honestly, I like before this call, I was like, I feel like I'm 
have you ever seen the the meme, the Kirby meme? Um, I'm baby. Uh, maybe if I can't, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> okay, I'll have to send you it. But <laughs> it's essentially um, it took the internet by storm like last year, I think. But okay. it's essentially just um, the character Kirby is like giving a lecture and pointing at um, like a board that just says "I'm baby" in like this like very serious tone. But it's like I can't do anything. I'm baby is like what the the okay. meme took right. on is like, don't look at me. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like, I, I was in that mindset going into this call being like, okay, you've talked to some labels that I really, really look up to. Should I even be talking to you yet? Like, is it, <laughs> is it worth anyone's while to listen to someone who like hasn't built up all that much recognition? I will say that like within the past couple of months, I think that we've grown in a way that like I wouldn't have ever expected. Sure. Um, and it's been, it's been really cool and like wonderful to experience that. But I was like, well, anyone actually like care about this? But I was like, okay, well, I think that one of the things that I get from hearing your episodes with people who have like super successful labels, um, or at least like the bigger indies is like, okay, well, how did they get from when they were making it with their friend to the part where they're here and they like right. have Grammy award winning right. artists yes. on their yeah. roster. Yeah. Um, Wait a second. It's... You don't have Grammy award winning. <laughs> I'm sorry. There no. must've been a mistake. I could have to go. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't have even picked up. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't at the Oscars last year. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was at the team choice awards. Um, <laughs> okay. That's good enough. That's good. <laughs> um, there should be like an indie music or like, I guess like small label award thing. I think there is one, but there I don't is know one for, called. yeah, but not for our, our, not our kind of small. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should make our own for our kind of. Yeah, small. I agree. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I, I, think, I think I like I know what you're saying, and and I, but I first of all, I've enjoyed this conversation um, more than most of the interviews I've done <laughs> this year. But I I think there is something so spot on about what you're saying, and it it was a realization that I've had, and I've I've mentioned it in an episode before. But like, there is a good chance that one of these small labels that just started this year, or you know, when we when we interviewed uh, Painted Blonde, it had just started the previous year. So it's like there's a good chance that one of these labels will become the next jag or polyvinyl or whatever so uh, like there's a highly good chance it just it depends on who who perseveres who gets lucky it's a game show now this is not a podcast (laughs) i have i have investments in all of these little labels (laughs) no but yeah you have to let me in i'm gonna i'm gonna um bet against yeah let's do it let's do it you're gonna short yourself oh that's funny Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I guess I think I realized that there's value in hearing someone who's just starting it and like figuring out hundred percent things like, okay, we have to start spreadsheets and we have to keep our, like, I guess um, something that I could have spoken to earlier is um, organization has been like the most important thing mm. with trying to start something like this. It's um, especially if it's not just a solo project and I'm having a partner involved yes. with planning yes. is our email and our folders for like our Dropbox and Google Drive are like the most organized oh, that's I've ever so made good anything to hear. in my life. I'm jealous. Um, and there's like, there are ways where we've made shortcuts. So like a certain folder can exist in multiple places so that we can, there are different routes to getting to certain files. So like <laughs> we have things organized by year and then we have things organized by like artist name. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And there's just like, everything goes where it needs to go. And I think that that's, um, that's one of the most important things that I've learned so far is just 
keep track of everything that you do. Keep track of the images that you use for things, for social posts. Like, make sure that you have high-definition files for everything saved somewhere where you can easily go to it. Um, Use file names instead of just, like final underscore yes, one exactly yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. put those files exactly where they need to go exactly. where like you have documents artwork videos music like all as separate files so that it's not just this big jumble i i um, would say just to that i mean that's a genius uh, that's 100 percent true i totally agree with that and there i would say the majority of emails that label emails that i respond to um are people asking for a high-res photo of the album artwork and the masters in a wave format or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's always, they're just asking for, I need a signature here and then I need this file in this format. And and I'm exactly. always like having to reprint the mix or like go and dig <laughs> for it. And uh, so that is incredible to have something like that. Good for you. Yeah, so that's that's super important. Using labels on email, also super important. Just oh, okay. Like, having things that like rather than it just going into your inbox like moving them into separate sections so that like on the little at least in gmail on the side you can go click on a certain artist's name and everything that involves that artist is there that's smart Um, there's just like there's certain things that you can do to like save yourself the time of having to look for something um i think also too like uh in a more darker tone like i I think like if if no (laughs) if you ever if you ever uh have that like unfortunate um, episode of like, you know, something like a relationship going sour or something like it's just really good to be really organized, like so that people can't accuse you of anything like this hasn't happened to me or anything, but like I just saying like, and it won't happen to you, but uh, like, it's just nice to be very organized into everything is accounted for and transparent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's actually, that's another thing is like, we've been, um, I send a press report, um, Every couple of weeks, good for to you. Just like update artists on like, okay, so this is what has passed. This is what's going to be coming. Um, this is what like. Sometimes I'll even include like, this person said no. Um, I'll use my discretion on it. Like if the person actually gave me like a reasonable response of like, hey, I like this, but no, yeah. I'll include that. Um, but just so that they know that like I am willing to hold myself accountable, uh, we're going to be sending them um, our like sales reports. Along with like when we like every week or so, we've been sending um, bandcamp re- revenue for now. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have to shift that model um, whenever we like get jobs and yeah, if that's like still a reasonable way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but so being able to be like, hey, so I know that we're like technically in charge of your bandcamp sales, but like we promise we're giving you what you deserve out of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, so that's, been- that's a really good thing. I mean, that's, and, and the funny thing is when you're talking about marketing, um, and giving them reports, like I find I've done that too. And I find that artists just want, like they would, they would prefer to know that you sent it to 20 blogs and all the blogs have said no, then, then to be kind of like wondering like, Oh, like what's my label doing? Or, you know, it's more important that they're informed than it is to actually get those blogs to say yes. Exactly. And just knowing that you've put in the effort. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Is it's so it's encouraging. Like, you like, yeah, exactly. Of like, if someone believes enough in you to be crafting this stuff and like putting time in, like, even if it doesn't lead to anything just yet, like that is important. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've been really happy with like, even when like a small thing or like a college blog writes about one of our artists, 
they get so excited. Um, yeah. And like that to me feels really good. Cause like knowing that this is like, quote unquote, can be considered low tier of like what types of blogs and like what types of coverage is running, but it's still a person taking time to like metabolize that art and like, also, like, we can't forget that, like, for you and I, who have been doing this for a while and have, you've been sending uh, press releases for many years and, and, and whatever, like, you're desensitized to getting uh, a college radio station to write, to write about music. But that, for that artist, for some artists, it's their first ever piece of coverage. Like, their grandma wants to print that out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it is a big deal. It was a big deal for me back, you know, when it first happened. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, the desensitization is interesting because it's, I can be desensitized to like, okay, I expect things, but I no longer expect the big things, you know, like mm. I, um, I've completely lost that. Um, it's just like, it's now just this like faint knowledge of what is possible Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, rather than like what I am striving for. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I feel really glad to have like adjusted well to something smaller. Um, cause I think that's the only way that you can retain the hope yeah yeah well thank you so much for doing this i want to first of all say to the people who are listening to this 20 years in the future who are are digging this up for the uh, 20th anniversary of oof and are like oh man do you remember when they were so small and oh my gosh they only had two employees and now they have 200 and (laughs) um, i was listening to this podcast where she was talking about you know anyway so thank you for listening people in the in the 20 year future but thank you in the future in the future but thank you for doing this this has been a ton of fun and i i think it's incredibly helpful for people who are interested in starting a label and i think it's going to inspire a couple more labels i hope so um i definitely think that that's like that's basically what i want is i want everyone to feel like they can take things into their own hands and just like start doing it and not expect some sort of like uh like label fairy godmother to come and save you. Um, Like you can be your own label fairy godmother. (laughs) That's a great note. That'll be the, the, in the show notes on this episode. You can be your own label fairy godmother. (laughs) Thanks so much for doing this. It was great to chat with you. No, thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out oofrecords.bandcamp.com. Their releases are so good. Uh, I'm really, really special. Like a, a small amount of releases, but you can hear something really special in this label because they're all fantastic. Um, if, like I said at the beginning, if you are similar to Ava and you have a vision of, for something for your own Oof Records, um, or if you have been running your label for a couple years now and kind of want to get things tidied up in a little bit, more effective, then check out this checklist that we have for you to download for free, otherrecordlabels.com slash checklist. Thank you for listening. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, um, then feel free to leave a review. That can be really helpful. It's surprising, but it actually can help other people find the show and share about the show on social media if you care to. Thanks a lot.